Welcome back to Safekeeping, a podcast about family relationships, safety, and well-being brought to you by the Joe Torrey Safe at Home Foundation. I'm Rachel, a board-certified licensed mental health clinician and the Director of Digital and Prevention Programming at Safe at Home. February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, and I am lucky to be joined by two of my colleagues today, Jennifer and Vanessa. Can you each tell us a bit about your role at Safe at Home? Hi, so I'm a social work intern at Safe at Home. I am currently working towards my social work master's in the organizational management leadership track at Silverman School of Social Work. And now I'll pass it on to Vanessa. I'm a youth program facilitator with Safe at Home. I support our marketplace counselors in facilitating the peer leadership program. Thank you both so much for being here today. I'm excited to have you joining us. For our listeners, if if this is your first time tuning in, just a little bit of history about Safe at Home. Safe at Home was founded by Joe and Allie Torrey in 2002 with the mission to educate to end the cycle of violence. Through our Margaret's Place programs, we provide healing, hope, and empowerment to youth who have experienced trauma related to violence, including domestic violence or intimate partner violence. And today, as I said earlier, February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about teen dating violence and healthy and unhealthy relationships. Each year in our Margaret's Place programs, we talk with students throughout the month of February about healthy and unhealthy relationship dynamics, especially within romantic relationships. Rachel, can you talk about how we engaged adults around the topic in the past? Sure. So in previous podcasts, we've touched on the importance of parents, teachers, and trusted adults talking with teens and children about building healthy relationships. So I definitely encourage listeners to look back on some of our previous podcasts for more information on that as well. But we also want to remind listeners that it's never too late to start these conversations and it's never too early. Relationships are built all around us from the moment that we're born throughout our lives. So literally from infancy through late adulthood. Um, If we're starting with the basics, Jennifer, can you share how we at Safe at Home define healthy and unhealthy relationships? Yes. So healthy relationships are rooted in mutual respect for each other's interests, boundaries, and beliefs. They are categorized by compromise, cooperation, and understanding. Conversely, unhealthy relationships are rooted in one or both people trying to gain or maintain power and control over the other person. Also, behaviors one might see in in an unhealthy relationship include manipulation, gaslighting, disrespect, or lack of cooperative communications. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for those examples. When we start thinking about healthy and unhealthy relationships, especially when we're thinking about dating relationships and teens, we're really talking about what's called teen dating violence or teen dating abuse. And I think oftentimes adults have a view that some unhealthy behaviors are just immaturity for teens or that it's kids figuring out romance or just part of growing up. I think sometimes we even look back on our own teen relationships. We might cringe at some of the things that we did um, or things we wish that we hadn't put up with from former partners. 
And we really want to work towards dispelling the myth that these behaviors simply come from a place of growing pains, because the more that we as adults support setting appropriate relationship expectations for the youth in our lives, the more we really allow them to thrive in those relationships. And the more we have these conversations and we talk about the importance of building healthy relationships, the more we make it easier for youth and teens to feel comfortable knowing and setting their own boundaries, to feel confident in their self-worth, and to really be able to show empathy towards others that they're in relationships with, whether that's a friendship or a romantic relationship. Vanessa, can you share with us some of the common unhealthy or abusive traits that you and maybe some of the other youth program facilitators have heard about from students that you work with or other teen dating violence relationships? Common examples of teen dating violence that we hear about are things like emotional abuse, social isolation, and sexual abuse. Many of the young people that we meet at Safe at Home believe that if they're not being physically abused or assaulted by their dating partner, then they aren't experiencing dating violence. Thanks for sharing that, Vanessa. I think it's really important to consider how adults can help if they know a youth who is experiencing teen dating violence. As adults, part of continuing the conversation about healthy relationships is being able to talk about some of these common unhealthy abusive behaviors and what they look like, how they can impact youth in relationships. Rachel, can you share some information about these specific types of abuse and how these abusive behaviors show up in abusive teen relationships? Absolutely. I think first it's really important to recognize that there's similarities between domestic violence and teen dating violence. So even in adult relationships, there's all types of abusive behaviors. And the same goes for teen dating violence. There can be physical, sexual, emotional, even financial. And I think sometimes folks are surprised to hear that. Um, Again, we've discussed in previous podcasts the different types of domestic violence and the impacts on survivors of all ages. But delving into the specific examples that Vanessa shared, I think it's really important to take a look at some of these more nuanced tactics and how they play out for teens specifically. So, for example, when we're talking about emotional abuse, the concept of gaslighting, this is something we see a lot in adult relationships as well, um, but we see it a lot in teen dating violence relationships. And gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse that really makes the survivor of the abuse question their own beliefs and perception of reality. So the abuser might say things like, you're crazy, I never said that, or it wasn't that bad, or that never happened. And constantly being told this can really wear down an individual's self-esteem and self-confidence and just really make them question the reality around them. Another form of emotional abuse that we see with teens um, somewhat frequently is threats of self-harm. So telling a partner that they're going to hurt themselves or maybe even that they're going to complete suicide if their partner leaves them or if their partner doesn't do what they say. Um, And that can be really taxing and distressing on an individual, especially if they care about the person who's causing them harm which many survivors do, of course. Um, 
We also want to think about social isolation when it comes to teen dating violence. So we may not see teens who are physically living together, right? Um, Generally, that's something that we would see, obviously, in more adult relationships. But that doesn't mean that there is not methods of isolation, especially from friends or family. So encouraging a partner to stop seeing or spending time with their friends, using manipulation to convince a partner to spend all of their time with just their partner. There's a part of this, right, that especially early on in relationships for teens is kind of organic, right? Where like you're so in love, it's maybe it's your first relationship. You want to spend all your time together because you're getting to know each other and you're just really in that like new relationship phase. And there's part of that that's that's can be healthy and is to be expected, but we're really thinking about when one partner is really going out of their way to make sure that the other person is isolated from their friends or Maybe if they do spend time with their friends, it's constantly checking up on them, telling them they don't trust them where they are, telling them they don't like their friends, and really trying to put a wedge between the survivor and what could be a support system. And then finally, sexual abuse, unfortunately, is something we do see in teen dating violence, um, specifically coercing a partner into engaging in sexual acts that they don't want to engage in using emotional abuse or false promises to increase that coercion, right? If you do this for me, I'll do this for you. I really love you, um, things like that. And in the digital age, seeing threats or coercion to send or share sexual photos. And this is something that we, especially in Margaret's Place, really talk to teens about too, because, you know, once something's out there on the internet or in a text message or just in a digital space at all, it's really difficult to get it back and you just don't know where it could end up. So sometimes we have seen instances where teens have sent sexual photos intended for just their partner. And then that actually becomes a source of coercion because the partner will say, well, if you break up with me, I'm going to share these pictures with the whole school. Or if you don't do X I'm going to send these pictures to your parents, right? Or I'm going to post these pictures online. So it really becomes a method of control um, and almost blackmail. Thanks for sharing those important points, Rachel. When it comes to starting a conversation around teen dating violence, what do you think is helpful for parents to know? Vanessa, maybe you can start from a young person's perspective about what, what might be helpful. Sure. I think it's important for parents to know that conversations don't have to be so formal, but you can start them in simple ways. Also, be willing to listen and to share your own experiences so your kids can learn from them. If you don't know the answer to something, be honest and look for the answer together. Another thing to remember is that it's okay to be willing to have other adults. It can be difficult for teens to talk to their parents. Having other trusted adults in their lives who can be part of these conversations can ensure that they get accurate and important information and have a strong support system. Those are all great points, Vanessa. Thank you. Rachel, do you have any points to add for parents who may want to start the conversation with their children around relationships? Absolutely. So we have a podcast that's entitled Talking to Teens About Relationships that folks can listen back on for more information as well. 
But I think one of the best pieces of advice is to really try to start conversations early. So talking to children about healthy and unhealthy relationships way before they're even of the age of dating, right? So again, we're building relationships throughout our whole lives. We have examples from infancy through late adulthood. Friendships and family relationships are really the foundation for building those healthy behaviors. And it can set great examples for younger children that they carry into their teen and adult years. It's also important to remember, especially as a parent, that youth make mistakes. And part of being able to support youth if there are concerns about them experiencing teen dating violence is to be open to hearing if they make mistakes in order to best support keeping them safe. So even though it can be difficult as a parent, we might get angry if our kid makes a mistake, we might get frustrated with them, we might jump to wanting to punish them. It's also really important to remember that if they're being abused in a relationship, it's not their fault. It is the choice of the abusive partner or the person causing harm. And that in order for the survivor to get support, they really need to be able to trust others to be able to talk about their situation. Amazing. Thank you both for sharing and thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer. And thank you, Vanessa, for joining us to talk about this important topic. And I really hope to have you both back again soon. Thank you. For our listeners, if you like what you heard today, we encourage you to subscribe and leave a positive review of the podcast. If you want to learn more or find additional resources, activities, and videos regarding teen dating violence and healthy and unhealthy relationships, follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Safe at Home Foundation, and on Twitter at Tori Safe at Home. You can also visit our website for more information, joetori.org. Thanks for listening to Safekeeping, presented by Joe Tory Safe at Home. Tune in next time.